All right, well, good morning. Good morning. Everybody well? As well as you can be, maybe, but you're here, and that counts. It is good to see you guys today on this first Sunday of 2024. All right, it is good to see you. Thank you all for those watching online, worshiping from a distance. We welcome you in today. It's good to be with you. Our theme of the first Sunday of the year, as best as we can make it, is to uh, focus on what we call our New Year Prayer Blessing. And uh, I'm going to turn our attention to our text today, which is Psalm chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles or smart devices to turn to, it will also be on the screen. Psalm chapter 1, six verses. It says this out of the New King James. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper." The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Verse 6, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Would you pray with me today over this text? Lord, we give you thanks for your written word and your spoken word, your word that brings forth revelation and light to our lives. We ask you now, open our eyes to see it, our hearts to receive it, our lives, oh God, to walk it out. Give us the ability by the power of your Spirit, Lord, to put one foot in front of the other and to work out our own salvation in much fear and trembling. Lord, on this first Sunday of the year, we're here, and we say, come, Lord, be here. Fill our life, fill our hearts, fill our families, fill this church, fill this city and this country Lord, pour out your glory, pour out your spirit, and we honor you today, and we look to you in Jesus' name. And everyone can say, Amen. Amen. In the mid-1800s, there's a preacher by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Some of you might have heard that name before. And he began preaching at the New Park Street Chapel in London, England. And after a season of incredible growth, the church built a new church building, and they named it the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Uh, Charles Spurgeon was a fiery preacher, very insightful. And his sermons, was it was normal for them to uh, put them out in newspapers and periodicals every week that he would preach. He was nicknamed the Prince of Preachers. And during his pastoral ministry, he covered at many times the book of Psalms, 150 chapters of those, which we're going to cover all of them today. So, uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. I want to make sure you were with me. All right? You guys ready? But he would cover those Psalms, all 150 throughout his time, and uh, he he had noted this, that he said there was a time that when the Psalms were actually rehearsed by the church day to day. 
was a daily thing. He said there was a time as well when the bishops would not ordain anyone unless they knew the Psalms correctly. I think that would change who gets ordained today. It's a lot of verses. And this first psalm is so vital for us as it charts the course, especially as we begin this new year. In the last chapter of Joshua 24, it's really the final chapter of his life, Joshua, in chapter 24, verse 15, it's noted one of the one of the most famous scriptures, and we quote it different times. Many have memorized it, but it comes at the end of his life. After all the battles, after all the territory had been fought over, won, tribes have been appointed, and the land had been allotted, and all these things, Joshua was coming to the close of his life, but a new era of, 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 of generations were arising and a new year of people were springing forth. And he gave them a final charge, a final command, really laid it out as a choice. And we know it as this. He said, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's exactly right. I've titled today's message, As for me and my house, on Psalm chapter 1. This psalm shows the difference between those who choose to serve the Lord and those who don't. And he gives some thoughts and what life can look like and what it can be for those who choose to serve the Lord. It starts out with the word blessed. And we're going to get into that here in a moment. But he lays it out, blessed are those who walk in the ways of the Lord, who walk on God's paths. Those who choose to serve the Lord choose to walk on God's paths. It doesn't mean we avoid people. Because he says, you know, those who don't sit in the council of the ungodly stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scornful. There's no way we can avoid people. We're not called to avoid people. We're called to love people. Amen? We're called to serve people. We're called to show people the light and the love of Christ and to present the truth of the gospel as best as we possibly can with the help of the Spirit. But it's not avoiding people, but it comes to this. It's not about following or listening or agreeing with the worldly, humanistic, or agnostic views of this world. There has to be a difference between truth and what is not truth. Amen? And he says, those who choose to serve the Lord choose to walk on God's path. Then the second thing he said, those who choose to serve the Lord in verse 2, choose to remain true to God's word. They choose to remain true to God's word. Flowers fade, the grass withers, but the word of the Lord remains true. Forever, It will not fade. It will not wither. It will remain forever. The Word of God, remaining true to the Word of God, letting it be our source, letting it be our guide, letting it be our conviction, not treating God's Word like a buffet line, picking and choosing what we want out of it, what we think is what we like to eat here, what we don't like to eat here. No, God's Word is wholesome. God's Word is good for all of us. 
all of it is good to, to feed us, to guide us, to bring conviction to us, to bring correction to our life, to teach us, to inspire us on what is right, what is holy, what is good, what is acceptable for the Lord's will and the Lord's way in our life. Those who choose to serve the Lord choose to remain true to God's word. And then thirdly, he says in verse 3 that they will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And as you're planted by the rivers of water, it says your life will bring forth its fruit in its season and your leaf will not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Man, I don't know about you, but I think probably all the hands would go up if it were ask, do you want your life to prosper? Do you want all about you, your spirit, your soul, and man, these, this body of ours to prosper in God? We want to prosper in our calling. We want to prosper in our careers. We want to prosper in our education. We want to prosper in our homes. We want to prosper in our families. We want to prosper in what God has for our life. Doesn't mean we won't ever face hardships or face trials But if we will remain planted, those who choose to serve the Lord choose to stay planted where God has you. Wherever God has you to stay planted, to not uproot, to not pull away, to not isolate, but to stay rooted in the soil, certainly in the soil of the kingdom, but on earth, soil of the church. The visibility of God here is the expression of the Holy Spirit through the beautiful people of God, through the powerful people of God, through the faithful saints of God. You and I are the beloved of God. God likes you. God loves you. And God wants His life to be filled and full inside of you. He wants to consume each and every one of us. And we do that when we choose to stay planted, our root system, to receive the nutrients, to receive the care, to receive the structure, to receive the support, to receive what God is trying to feed in our life, one through another. God works through people. God works through people. God works through people. He works through the church. The church must be together and we must stay planted where God has us so that our season, whatever season we go through in life, we have to recognize life is full of seasons. Life is full of seasons. They start and they end and a new one will begin. And here's the thing, in each season, if we stay planted where God has us, we are told we can prosper, we are told we can bloom, we are told we can produce, we are told that fruit will grow on our tree, if you will, if we will stay planted. And we have to stay planted in the right soil. So make sure the soil of your life involves not only the kingdom of God, but in the visibility of that, the church of God with the people of God. And then lastly, in verse 6, he says, those who choose to serve the Lord will choose to move forward God's way. It says, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He knows the way of those who choose to walk in His paths. Walking forward in God's path. Moving forward in God's path. There is tied and attached to that a blessing. And we have to be careful, I understand... Because it doesn't mean when you're blessed, it doesn't mean you don't ever get stressed. Because people say, too blessed to be stressed. 
I have yet to not meet a person who has never been stressed a day in their life. Doesn't mean we live there, right? Doesn't mean we get to just put out a blanket and a pallet and have a picnic in misery. No. Doesn't mean we'll never suffer or have hardships. Absolutely not. Jesus told us that we would we would suffer persecution, we would have trials, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world, he says. And he says, I tell you these things so that you can have peace, my peace, that the world didn't give, the world can't take it. It's my peace that I give to you in this real life struggle that we live in. But in it, there is an attachment. God does bless those who follow him. There is blessing that's attached to that. And I, wanna, I want us to, um, I want you to listen to some of the blessing that is found. We sang a song about it, Psalm, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. I would just encourage you to read over that at different times in this, in this year, maybe particularly over these, when we begin our 14 days of prayer and fasting together as a church. We begin that next week, by the way. Um, so, you know, get in what you want to get in before that. So, um, uh, but Isaiah 61, I did, it starts out with the spirit of the Lord, of the sovereign Lord is upon me. And it says, he has anointed me. It's the same text that Jesus uses in Luke 4 when Jesus begins his earthly ministry. Out of, he came out of the 40 days of prayer and fasting Said he, and he went back to the city filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he walked in to the temple and he opened up the scroll of Isaiah and he began to proclaim and preach that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Listen, I want you to understand the good news of the gospel is our King is anointed. Our king is anointed. He is the anointed one. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon him. And he is anointed to do so so much in our life. And he goes on, the prophet goes on here and describes so many things that the spirit and the anointing of the Lord can do in a person's life who is lined up and synced up and under the hand of God. Listen to some of these blessings that flow from being and choosing to serve the Lord. That's what the New Year prayer blessing is about. It's not a ritual. It is a tradition, but it's a tradition that we take sacred, that we view as sacred. That when we come here in a moment to the communion table and then we come together to be prayed for and we leaders are praying for, all of us are praying for you and personally for you, individually for you, for your families. We're believing for the transfer and the declaration of heaven to be upon your life. When in exchange, and in conjunction with that rather, we are saying, Lord, I receive, but at the same time if I, as I, that I receive, I am going to carry my cross and I'm going to follow you this year. I'm not going to sway to the left or swerve to the right. I'm going to stay on path with you. I'm choosing as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
That's what this New Year prayer blessing is about. Listen to some of the descriptions of of this blessing out of Isaiah 61 that the Spirit and the anointing of the Sovereign Lord brings to those. Comfort. He brings comfort. Anybody need comfort? He brings freedom. Anybody need freedom? Man, you need freedom? God's Spirit brings freedom. Favor, right? Who needs favor in your life? Every single one of us, we need the favor of God. Beauty for ashes. The Spirit of God, the anointing of God, the blessing of God bring, changes beauty, brings beauty for ashes. Praise instead of despair. How about that? Strong in righteousness. Anybody ever feel weak in trying to serve God, trying to stand up for what's right, trying to follow and, and, and fulfill the obedience of the gospel? We need His strength to be righteous. To be a rebuilder, the prophet calls us to be rebuilders, to be repairers, to be revivers. How about that? You ever go into a dark place and the light of God lights it up? Man, God wants to do that for us. God wants to do that for you. God wants to use you that way to be a reviver. He calls us to be ministers. The Spirit of God, the blessing of God equips us, empowers us to be ministers. And here's another one. Have a double share of honor. Double share of honor. And then it says a double portion of prosperity. I bet we would all lift our hands for that one. A double portion of prosperity. Come on. This is the blessing of God. This is in spite of, this is in the same segue of life that, and the position of life that when trials are happening, when hardships come, there is still a blessing that God can put on His people because the world will see how do you live, how do you make it, how do you get by, how do you cope, how do you deal with, how do you... How do you Function in this crazy world. The blessing of God on my life. Is everything going hunky-dory for you? Is everything just smooth as glass for you? No. Well, how do you keep going? I continue to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord has not one time in the history of mankind steered His people in the wrong direction, and He is not about to start right now. He is not about to start, hey, I don't think you get this. I'm going to lead you in the wrong direction for your life. No. You you seek the Lord, you find His guidance. You say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord will pour out blessing on you, even in the midst of hardship in this season of life. God's hand is still strong, God's arm is still long, and God's heart is still for you to reach you and get to you what He believes you should have. Amen. You know, the few of us that say it, get it, we'll walk in it. The rest of you be like, what's going on? Everlasting joy, man, come on, that, my friends, right there. Everlasting joy. Everlasting covenant. A covenant from God that does not end. He doesn't break His covenant. He does not break his promise. He's a keeper of it. Clothed in salvation. Clothed in salvation. Robed in righteousness is another description of the blessing of God. 
and enveloped in the sovereignty of the Lord. Enveloped in the sovereignty of the Lord. The spirit of the sovereign Lord. When we choose to serve the Lord, and as we do today, as we will tomorrow, and as we will continue to do throughout this year, we are enveloped in the sovereign hand of God. God is in control. Amen? God is in control. And it's an area of our life where we have to continue to choose this day whom we will serve. And Joshua declared it. Psalm 1 sets it, sets it up with guidance, with direction, with clarity, that blessed is the one who chooses to serve the Lord. Here in just a moment, we're going to pray. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. A prayer for the new year based on Psalm 1. And before that, um, I'm going to set up communion. Um, the way we're going to work it today is when we invite you forward, we'll have communion here on my left and right, that you come and take communion as a family. And if you're by yourself today, you can certainly, obviously, take that moment alone if you'd like, but also you're, would love for you to try to join up with another friend or family in the church. You can just take a holy moment and receive the communion elements. Those of you who are helping me pray, I'll invite you in just a moment. The leaders are going to take communion first, and then they're going to join me here in the front to be available to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to take a moment to stand if you're able. Yeah, that was my message. I'm done. I want to encourage you to reread Psalm 1 this week. Read it in a few different translations. Take the time to read those six verses. Because the prayer we're going to pray is based on those six verses. And it's something that I believe truly can set and determine the course of your life this year. Those of you who are helping me pray, leaders, if you'll go ahead and come on up. Ministry leaders, please come on up. Grab communion. And then after I pray, then I'll ask others, the rest of the church to come. Yeah, leaders, come on up and pray. Yeah, those of you who are ministry leaders. Go ahead and get your communion elements. Would you just bow your heads and silence for a moment and quiet and close your eyes. I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. And as I pray this prayer out loud, you don't have to repeat it word for word, but just in agreement with you and your spirit and your house, and your heart, echo it back to yourself unto the Lord. It's based on Psalm 1. Father God, come to you today in this holy moment 
in the name of Jesus, the name above every name, the name at which every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord of all. We get the moment right now to do it by choice. I pray that we would all do it by choice. That as we start this new year, we humble ourselves before you and we ask you right now to forgive us of our sins. Forgive us, O oh Lord, where we have trespassed, where we have fallen short. We welcome your love and forgiveness and grace. And we also say, Lord, we repent. We're sorry. And we ask you to help us to change course, change direction. And as we do, we ask you, Holy Spirit, strengthen us, empower us, fill us fresh and anew. Today we choose, oh Lord, to walk on your path this year, believing that you will walk with us. We choose today to remain true to your word, knowing that you will remain true to your word to us. We choose today to stay planted in the soil of the kingdom and in the visibility of the church where you have us, O Lord, believing that you will cause our lives to prosper, spirit, soul, and body. And we choose today to move forward, not backwards. We don't look back. We don't dwell on the past. We don't allow the pain of our past or the sins of our past to keep us bound. But we look forward today in this new year. We look forward today and we will move forward walking and living in your blessing under your gracious hand on our life. Today we pray and ask, O Lord, that your gracious hand would be firmly fixed upon me and our household. Put your hand over your heart. Say, upon me and my household. Upon me and my household this year, O Lord, we choose to serve you. Today we acknowledge you are our shepherd. We will not want. You are our God and no one else. You are our Savior. And to you today, we yield our life. We yield to you now. And we pray these things today in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.